Now we come to the real purpose of this meeting, to appoint a successor to our dear friend, Peter Bailey. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to get to my real purpose. Wait just a minute now. Wait Mayor. for what? I claim this institution is not necessary to this town. Therefore, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion to dissolve this institution and turn its assets and liabilities over to the receiver. What are you, dirty considerable? Oh, I'll read this next time. George, did you hear what that was? It's too soon after Peter Bailey's death to talk about chloroforming the building and loan. Peter Bailey died three months ago. I second Mr. Potter's motion. Very well. In that case, I'll ask the two executive officers to withdraw. But before you go, I'm sure the whole board wishes to express its deep sorrow at the passing of Peter Bailey. Thank you. It was his faith and devotion that are responsible for this organization. I'll go further than that. I'll say that to the public, Peter Bailey was the building in law. Oh, that's fine, Potter, coming from you, considering that you probably drove him to his grave. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. That's what killed him. Oh, I don't mean any disrespect to him, God rest his soul. He was a man of high ideals so-called. But ideals without common sense can ruin this town. <laughs> now, you take this loan here to Ernie Bishop. You know, that fellow that sits around all day on his brains in his taxi, you know. I happen to know the bank turned down this loan. But he comes here, and we're building him a house worth $5,000. Why? Well, I handled that, Mr. Potter. You have all the papers there, his salary, insurance. I can personally vouch for his character. Friend of yours? Yes, sir. Uh, you see, if you shoot pool with some employee here, you can come and borrow money. <laughs> what does that get us? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. And all because a few starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey stir them up and fill their head with a lot of impossible ideas. Now, I say... Just a minute. Just, just a minute. Now, hold on, Mr. Now, you're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap penny-ante building alone, I'll never know. But neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character because his whole life was... Why, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? He didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. And what's wrong with that? Probably... Here, you're all businessmen here. Doesn't make them better citizens, doesn't make them better customers. You, you said that they, what'd you say just a minute ago? They, they had to wait and save their money before they even thought of a decent home? Wait, wait for what? Until their children grow up and leave them, until they're so old and broken down that they, they you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building and loan. I know very well what you're talking about. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and it's galling you. That's what you're talking about, I know. Well, I, I, I've said too much. I. You're the, you're the board here. You do what you want with this thing. There's just one thing more, though. This town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can come without crawling to Potter.
this this next scene is one of my favorite with George with the black armband three months later. See, I noticed, I was like, that's subtle. They never said anything. They just had the black armband until they, they never said like, oh no, he died. It just kind of happened over the conversation. Well, well and then they mentioned, so. I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say this, this, this is one of my favorite non-ending scene. This might be my favorite non-last 30 minutes scene is when uh, he gives that speech to Potter. Potter totally blows it too, by the way. But Potter gives the backhanded compliment, you know, uh, your father, you know, Peter Bailey was no businessman, no disrespect, you know, guy just died yeah. three months ago. But yeah. not to mention, how about the asshole voting with him on the side? He goes, it's been three months. I'm with <laughs> Potter. You hear him? Check out this dickhead. So yeah. that scene, and then and the, 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 he's telling him why they got to get rid of Bailey, uh, Bailey building a loan. And, uh, they were gonna. They were gonna vote. George, George, and uh, Uncle Billy were board members, so they they didn't have a vote. They were gonna be out of the room, and Mister Potter had to give his his little dig to. Uh, and George was like, you know, he's like Peter Bailey. You know, wasn't a businessman. It just gave him a little dig, and then uh, bashing all the you know the 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 rabble as he called it. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yep. And uh, and then George stops, and George gives that great speech. They do all the living, the earn it, dying. I don't even. Yeah. I, I don't have a quote. The, the living and dying, and, and fantastic speech. You're nothing but a, uh, nothing but a spider. Or was that later? Spiders later. Later. Spiders nothing later. but a frustrated old man. Yeah. That's what he says. You're nothing but a. So he obviously George obviously sways the board to to vote. You know. Mr. Potter, you, he he makes a face like, oh, I, I screwed up. I play, I I blew that one. And, you overplayed uh, his hand. So the so the board votes with with George, and uh, one of the great scenes is when, well, just one of Jimmy Stewart's great acting scenes is when the guy says, "You have to stay here." You know, they'll only vote with Potter if, and he has that close up on his face, and he's like tor tortured that he has to stay again. Again, that's the second time. But I, I, the reason why I love that scene is I'm always, I'm always an advocate for the underdog, and he's, he was dead on. All the people that live in these towns that do all the work and the, the dying and you know, right. do all the, the, the manual labor, uh, it's, it's too much to give them a bath. He said it's too much to give them a, a roof and a bath. Yeah. He said save, yeah, save the money for that. what? So they could, you know, their kids yeah. can get old. and yeah. It's great. He even mentions... He's, he met, he actually mentions, uh, I think Ernie, right? He mentions Ernie, you're yep. giving a, a house to Ernie, a $5,000 house. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I approved that. So. Yep. Cause, cause they saying how pool. great. Because they played pool together. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I have a quick question. Sure. What is a buildings and loan? <laughs> is it, it's like, like a credit union kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't want to get into the economics. We need an, uh, <laughs> Like a, an economics expert. Wait, well, the next next we're going to be talking about the run on the bank. That's another thing I did not understand. It was I just assumed it was the depression. I just didn't quite. Well, we, see, that was so you have you have three times that you, three chances that George could have got out and done something different. We missed one of them, right? No, not yet. So the next one was really where he was going. He was waiting for his brother Harry to come home. That was the and, second one. 
So, yeah, so after after that great scene, I think Harry comes home. Yeah. Because uh, George had to stay, because George, they, unless stay George stayed, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they would vote with Potter. So Harry came home and that's when Harry's new wife drops the bombshell on George. Yeah. And selfish old Harry. He's like, she spoke out of turn. She spoke out of turn. We'll talk about it. Well, we'll talk. We talked about it already, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, afraid, he's off. I'm afraid what we'll talk about it means. That was he's pretty good research, apparently. Yeah, that was his, so yeah, that's his second chance of getting out. You're right. But he went to Harry's wife and said, you know, is this a good opportunity for him? Yeah. And right. I think George pushed it. George obviously was like, all right, I got I to gotta let Harry do his stupid ass research. Uh, he's yeah. good at it. Yeah. So, but he was the bigger person and, and you know, and he could have stepped up and said, you know what? It's my turn. You got to stay back here. I'm sorry, but he didn't. And he let Harry, you know, continue to move on in his direction. And really, if you think about it, Harry had no problem with saying, I'm going to, I mean, I, you don't see that conversation, but obviously it must've happened. And Harry was fine with just going ahead and going back to Buffalo. This is how the conversation went. Harry, I've been thinking about it. This is a great, I'll take, you're right, George. I'm going. <laughs> and George was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, uh, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. It's yeah. all about Harry. Yeah. So the next one is, is, uh, the, is their wedding, after their wedding celebration. When we won't talk about George inappropriately kissing his mother on the lips with John and which Paul. Is really, which has had a lot. Has had a lot of play lately. Which I, I didn't want. I didn't listen to the banter because I don't want. I don't want to hear it. Nope. I don't, don't want to watch this movie. Any, I don't want to see anything like that. In my see, I saw the text before I saw the scene, and I go, "Oh, there it is." Well, you know, some people, some families are different. <laughs> so that scene was that's that was this that led up to the well. First, it was the Uncle Billy was hammered was great i think jimmy stewart was genuinely cracking up because you see him like just joy on his face like smiling at uncle billy and supposedly so when he goes off screen somebody off screen knocks knocks something over and makes a noise and uncle and the uh thomas mitchell um yells out i'm all right so that's why george uh jimmy stewart laughs like yeah i read that 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 was ad lib supposed to happen well first of all Tommy Mitchell's the actor that played Billy, Uncle Billy. He said, yeah. "Unbelievable actor. He was such he a great character actor. For something he else. For something else. He's such a great character actor in that movie. Yeah, he was in. He was in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington too. But I, see, for me, that scene, I love that scene because he just the the anger that was boiling him was just coming to the surface, and him with that friggin' that stick, you know, going against the picket fence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Up yeah. and down the picket fence and just. Yeah, it's kind of the only conversation he had with his mother too. Who was kind of like, "Mary likes you. She doesn't like, yeah, doesn't like Sam." And uh, but yeah, the Mary was great in that scene too when she smashes the record. Oh, well, well, she says to her mother, "He's making violent love to me." Who would <laughs> like that? Must have been so risque back in 1946 or whatever it was. Yeah, that right? was good stuff. Well, Mrs. Watching her, watching, uh, and watching her say that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty, it's pretty arousing. <laughs> we all know we don't need to. Yeah, we don't need to. Kids will be listening to this. We don't need to be talking about your, uh, your, uh, I, uh, Mary scene, your, your kink, Luberder. Top five. Yeah. 
Top five yeah. for me. But um, George George was a complete jerk in that scene. Asshole. I'm oh, sorry. He was an no, asshole. You could you could. He was he was. Show the human side of him. He's such a but, jerk. You see, no, but but you gotta. It's just it's just a frustration. That's why I show you. I sent that video, you guys. That that part of the movie thing. I love that movie. That section of the movie was so good, and I think right. that's where he put on the best acting display for me. Anyways, even but, like he said it a couple times, where he's like, I, I didn't tell anyone I was coming here. I didn't tell it. Like he he made an emphasis. Like he was so it? aggravated. Yeah, he was so aggravated. But again, this is a guy who was the leader of his pack. You know. Had a, had a ton of ambition, intelligent intelligent kid, intelligent guy, and he's constantly taking that backseat to everyone else. His friend George is in New York, you know, a multimillionaire now, uh, you know, with the girl that he loves or assumes that he, you know, he loves and she loves yeah. George or whatever. Sam. Um, Sam. Sam. But you can just... That would be that, confusing that whole, that, if they named that, both George. That, that buildup to that scene on the staircase was, was incredible. It was such a great scene. Shook her pretty good too. I was like, "Whoa, George!" I was ready for the the old classic movie slap. Yeah, no, different times. Did. Different times. But, even even Sean Connery did one of the, one or two of those. Yeah. Scenes. So the next scene was uh, was their wedding, right? And then yep. yeah, went right to a wedding. Yeah. And then the and then it was pouring, and then the bank run. Mikey, so, tell us a little about a about a bank run. My understanding is, it okay the. Stock exchange is crashing, so people no. are. Damn it! No, no, I was going to say I always used to think it was 1929. I assumed it was the stock market crash, but the the my brother Greg pointed this out that the math didn't work. He graduated from high school in 1928. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So it was like the third. It was just they, I guess there was during the Great Depression there were bank runs, which which it was just uh, a common thing where people just needed to get their money panicked. out. People panicked and all want and all wanted to get their money out, which obviously, you know, they couldn't. The bank couldn't do that. You know, like George says, it's in your house. And but so there was a run on the bank, and then Potter swoop, swooped, and uh, I guess he became like a, obviously a majority stockholder or of something the in bank, the bank. Yeah. His office is at the bank, so he's like obviously yeah. doesn't own the bank, but for all intents purposes. So he, he wanted to dissolve the building and loan and great job by uncle Billy. Speaking of my, speaking of the second asshole, uncle Billy closed the door and it closes the doors and he's boozing. All right. Coward. It was funny at the wedding, uncle Billy. <laughs> he was cowering. What's with uncle Billy and the, the bottle down. You have a job. They have a crow that seems to live in the office. <laughs> he has a squirrel at home. Yeah. Oh, Grace and I counted. Uncle Billy had like five animals in his house. At least five animals. No explanation. That's just like, that's it's just character. So that's a great scene. The bank run is a fantastic scene. Mary actually originally says, don't, we, we can't stop. But Mary, selfless, selfless also says, you know, I have, the mo- I have money. How much does she have? I forget. It was $2,000. Okay. That's right. That selfish, that selfish Asked for all of his two hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Two hundred forty-two. Two hundred forty-two dollars. So that lady seventeen fifty. I guess uh, it wasn't in the script. So Jimmy Stewart was surprised that she said that. That's why. He, so he kissed her. He did. He wasn't supposed oh, to do that. That's awesome. Great scene. 
was so, a good scene. But that's another the, scene. That's that's a set that's a setup for the third missed opportunity to take an adventure. He's gonna go to New York and then to London and Paris. Oh right, right, right. right. Yes. Big honey. Exactly. Just to get out. They had uh, just to get out and see see the part of the world that he wanted, you know, he wanted to go now and that was dissolved, obviously, because and then that led to Mary's extravagant, uh, ex- extravagant job of, of decorating. Hiding. Yeah, the, hiding uh, the purchase of that house. The hiding the purchase, doing what you like. Greg brought this up uh, the other night, but who set up the rotisserie record? Like, is she? What is she? An engineer? <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. It was probably like Ernie or Bert. They they helped a lot. Fantastic. Those two numbskulls. Yeah. And then they were serenading them as they were in their bedroom, which is even weirder. Awesome. I wanted like peeking in. <laughs> so yeah. that 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 scene was great. There was a the random guy who was helping him, complaining that he had to put up the signs, and uh, and then he's like, "Wait, he's like, this is this the this is for the groom, you know, this is they got married." And he's like, "What are they ducks?" That guy who was <laughs> in no other scenes. It was, it was fantastic. And I I but, like yeah, George. Just, uh, Kind of like looking around, looking around. Then he looks in the bedroom and goes, gives He looks in the bedroom take. and he does a double take. He's like, oh. When, when George was shaking uh, Mary on the stick, is, did he, say, he said he didn't want to get married. Did he say he didn't want to have kids too? Did he say that? I'm, I'm, forget, I'm not sure if that was in the line. I don't know. I don't think so. I know he said he didn't, he didn't want to get married, but kind of when it goes like, because after that scene, he got married and then they basically just had kids. Well, he we, well we know he says he wish he didn't have the kids after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is which fantastic. Such a, yeah, such a shit move on George's behalf. Uh, you know, but that's you know he's he's human. You don't want him to sit. Yeah, that's the great part of George Bailey. He's not above reproach. After that scene, they went. It was he went to um, Potter, and then Potter offered him the job. That's one of the best scenes too. One of the many best scenes. We've gone from one best scene to the next best scene. I did, well, but this this is my my top scenes are really George's speech. It, it's it it changes. It often changes, but the run on the bank has always been a fan, you know one of my top scenes. Fantastic, but then when Potter offers him the job, okay, great. He offers him twenty thousand dollars a year. What I. I saw the the uh trivia of what that is equal to today does anyone want to guess what twenty thousand dollars a year would be equal to in today's about a hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollars three hundred and seventy two thousand eight hundred seven dollars yeah three hundred and seventy two thousand that's what that's that's how much twenty thousand wow i think it was yeah only because that's that's and he shook his hand and realized He's shaking the hand with the fuck. He, he like looked at his hand. With disgust. My buddy Brian, yeah. that I mentioned, said that's one of that's his that's his favorite scene. It's when he just looks at his hand and sees slimy. Mikey, Mikey, that's a great point though, because we look at a twenty thousand dollars and you're gonna go to Europe and all that stuff. But when you put it in that, those terms, three hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars, and then constant yeah, for, travel for three years, Europe, he'd be rich. Yeah. He'd be rich. He by the way, by the way, I have two two things about uh, Mr. He Potter. Was, you thought I was going to say he was one of the villains. He's he's my he's my third favorite character. I just want to say Lionel Barrymore. 
back to the money. Wait, George was making only $45 a week. So yes, 20,000 is huge. A bit of a bump. Yeah. But he, he, and then again, it goes back to the whole travel increase and seeing the world. He he, he was like, not going to happen. He's not going to, you know, he's not shaking hands with the devil. A man of principle. Making that pact. You're right. He doesn't sell his soul and give his wife trips to New York, which is, you know, pretty, yeah. No, I say good for George, but this, I, I got some notes about, about Henry F. Potter. But, but by the way, by the way, Lionel Barrymore, I have written, he, his acting is fantastic. He gives awesome. a tour de force, tour de force, uh, what's the word that? I'm looking for? Performance. Performance? Yeah. I said yeah. Lionel Barrymore is awesome as, as, as uh, Mr. Potter. Yeah, he was. His acting is great. The t- the two my two favorite parts is when George is given that great speech after his father dies. Did you notice he yawns? Yeah. You notice yeah. he does that. He puts his hand over his mouth. He's like. But he was also very like yeah, no disrespect. You know your dad. Yeah, exactly. Like, no disrespect. Great. And the other thing is awesome when George goes. Uh, he goes. Why do you want to see me? And he just starts laughing. He goes. Ah. <laughs> Look at you, always getting right to the point. Yep. He's well, great. He, just, he realized that George was definitely his, obviously his nemesis in his own mind. The, oh, one, yeah. person that, the one person that could stand between him and what he was trying to gain. You know? And that person really stood for character and you know, morality. And, uh, and Those are high traits that come by with people even nowadays, you know. So I thought that he, you know, in his mind, he could have definitely swayed him with that offer. Uh, and it must have been jarring when he was like, no, this is, this is not happening. I'm not making this yeah, deal. Yeah, no, George it. didn't even, boom. He's like, like woke up out of, a, out of a trance. He's like, this wasn't even an option. Yeah. But then so he goes then, home. But then he goes home and finds out that he's having a baby. Right. So but I he was thought after that. He was, she was happy. Yeah, and then, but, but he was also thinking himself that you know he I think I think he always felt a little like I I know what he felt he felt bad that he couldn't provide Mary the life that she that he thought she deserved so you know that's why he asked her if she was happy and all that when he got home so yeah I was like oh okay here we go he now he's gonna run to the bridge I was way off (laughs) way off way that would have been early that would have been like uh, George where you going But, right, so the next, they, they do, like, the montage of him. Uh, oh, this is when, uh, was the next scene when Sam Wainwright, when he goes and he's at the martinis, he gives the martinis their house? No, no, no. At that point, they showed him and Mary building their house together. Like, they're yeah. painting and refinishing all that work they're putting into it. And every time yeah. he walked up the stairs, he'd, he'd pull the new old post and it would fall off of his hand. Yeah. So... But I think, yeah, yeah. And then they show oh, that. And then they show, like, but George is aggravated that, uh, jo- and then, right, they give Martini gets his house. Yeah. And, and Sam Wainwright shows up, and George gets kind of aggravated at that. He says, yeah. I, order, I offered this a guy, I offered this guy a job at the ground floor, in plastics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, George is aggravated at that. But still, um, the old buildings, buildings and loan. Yeah. This guy's got his own chauffeur. Well, he came in with his car and he came in with his, you know, his pretty girl, whatever. Listen, I thought, you know, in that scene, it's, it's another telling scene of George's character, though. 
and even Mary's character, how they're, they, they all went for the ride with uh, Martini to the house. They all, you know, they brought them the bread yeah. and the, the wine and... The wine and I the salt. And the salt. Wine, salt, and bread. Yeah. Mary's for a freak. Garlic, for, those, for those garlic Mary's eaters. What? For those, for, those dirt, for those dirty garlic eaters. Yes. <laughs> to give them... To kill the, to kill the odor. Yeah. Yeah. Of the garlic breath. After so, next is right. Next is Christmas Eve when after they well, they give the little montage. They talk about the war. They talk about what everybody did. Mr. Potter was on the draft board. Yep. George did the rubber drive and air raid. Air raid warden or whatever he was. Air raid warden. Yep. And uh, you can see how frustrated he was doing that because he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't join the was military. Yep. Yeah. So you can see and, how disgusting uh, he was when he was blowing his whistle. Remember? Yeah. And he <laughs> spits on his spits on his spits on his shoulder. Great stuff. And, and then Harry's off, you know, flying and you know, winning the Congressional Medal of Honor, and he's yeah. stuck at home still. <laughs> Harry's yeah. so great. Yeah. Harry does get the friggin' life in this movie. He certainly does. Certainly, oh, yes. certainly yes. a selfish bastard when it comes down to it. That's, that's a behind the scene montage with Harry. They what? He pulls him out of the he pulls him out of the friggin' the pond in the early scene, saved his life, yep. and then ever after that, Harry's just constantly dominating him in every which way. He really was. Well, because yeah. George, you know, George is like, go get your, go get your thing, go get yeah. your, uh, go get your job. Go go finish your college. You go, yeah, bastard. Yeah, go ahead. So that that's good. So he's gone through that whole piece, and then I think from there is when they go to the bank scene, right? The Christmas bank scene. scene. When bank scene? The bank scene where Billy, where Uncle Billy loses the money. To oh yeah, but they first show George walking in the in the with the oh, paper. With, yeah, with the newspaper, proud of his brother. So right. see, he's a bigger man. He's still proud of his brother, no matter what. Uh, he's so proud of him. George walks over to um, Ernie, right, the cab driver, and he's like, uh, "Hey, look at the paper. Ernie's getting the Congressional Medal of Honor and all that, right?" And then Harry and Ernie's like, uh, "Oh, it's gonna snow." When he makes that little joke, yeah, he's like, "It's gonna snow." But how about Ernie? Ernie's like, uh, "Yeah, that's awesome. That that was awesome of of Harry to do that." But you know, I parachuted into Normandy on detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. mentioned that in the last montage. Yeah, so you know, I'm no slouch. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a hero. I parachuted into into the into into Normandy. Yeah, no, and he bring him a newspaper. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. He's like awesome. The, the guy, the guy is still happy-go-lucky too. He went into Normandy and saw what he saw, and still earning the happy cab driver. By the way, I had a question about the future. The Ernie without George Bailey, like how did his wife, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, we'll, we'll get into it, but like, yeah. so his wife left him when he was, when he, wasn't he still <laughs> fighting the war? How, when did he get the shack in Potter's Field? So I put a pause to the conversation there, but I wanted to let you know as we're getting closer to Christmas, uh, this episode uh, has gone up on the 22nd, 
Look for another episode on the 23rd, and there will be a final Pottersville coming out on Christmas Eve. So you can get your family together around your smart speaker, or you can all share earbuds on Christmas Day, and you can relive the entire Pottersville adventure. I want to thank everybody who has listened and subscribed so far, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. Fans not experts. Wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog! <laughs>